when I moved to the rural area, I like the change where you can just see animals and birds and gazing at the moon and the stars on my skylight window. The the moonlight shines on my face. So it's Dolly, that's just quite dreamy. the image. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to Somewhere Else, the podcast that chats to people living in weird and wonderful ways. Each episode, your hosts, Domain Editors January Jones and Rose Donahue, interview someone who's ditched the white picket fence for the path a little less travelled. January, why are people so obsessed with tiny houses at the moment? What's going on? Well, they're great, aren't they? I mean, look at them. Look at how stylish they are. Look at where people are living. I think they're fabulous. I mean, if if I could, I'd have one somewhere, some some beautiful property and take some holidays out there. Yeah, but do you feel like people actually understand what's involved in living in a tiny house? I mean, I know we see these beautiful pictures on Instagram. Um, it, it's, it's, a, it's a very trendy thing at the moment, but I just wonder if if people like us could actually do it? Could we pack up everything in our lives, go minimal and move into some somewhere the size of a, of a bedroom? Well, that's the thing. I mean, minimalism is really at the heart of it, isn't it? You can't really move in there with, you know, a full house worth of stuff. So our guest today knows all about small living. Dolly Rubiano moved to Australia in 2014 and after three years of living in Melbourne, she packed up and moved to the country to live in a tiny house. Since then, she's amassed over 80,000 Instagram followers who avidly follow her experiences living in a space the size of some people's bedrooms. Dolly, welcome. Hi. Thanks for coming in, Dolly. I've got to ask you, your Instagram account is absolutely beautiful and people obviously love it. Thank you. Is living in a tiny house as beautiful as it looks? Yes. Uh, well, in my case, because I live in a tiny house that has no clutter and it's it's beautifully designed. So, yeah, what you see is what you get. You see it as beautiful as what you, you see it on Instagram. Amazing. So can you tell us, I'd love to start at the beginning. You moved to Australia in 2014. Where did you grow up and where did you, where did you move from? Uh, I grew up in the Philippines. And um, I moved to, I migrated to New Zealand um, six years ago, and I lived there for nine years. And uh, four years ago, I moved to Melbourne. Okay. And so did you enjoy living in the city? Were you living in a normal house at that time? Um, Yes, but... I knew before I moved to Melbourne that I was going to build a tiny house. So the, the, the dream started in New Zealand because that's what, um, where I discovered my first tiny house on wheels. And how did you discover your tiny... Like, how did that love of tiny houses grow? Yeah, so um, I always look for um, um, unique accommodations on Airbnb. And six years ago, I saw this um, tiny house truck and we rented it for just one day, um, but it had a profound effect on me. The idea of living in a tiny space permanently made sense to me. And so was that when you decided to sort of start planning? Because I imagine it was probably took a lot of time to, to get together the plans and the materials and maybe save up money as well to move into a tiny house. Yeah, um, so it was, I did my research. So it was a gradual uh, thing. So 
I was inspired uh, by that tiny house truck, and I did my research about tiny houses, and um, I look for places where I could put one because I didn't want to to like uh, own uh, a land. I w- I just want to because the, the the idea of the tiny house having wheels and I can move it around that. Um, that appeals so much to me. So I look for places where I could um, uh, park it, and I look for builders. So it's a uh, it's a long process. Um, having that dream and um, knowing where to put it and actually building it, yeah, yeah. and saving for it. And did you help with the building of the tiny house? Yes, I did. So the tiny house was uh, built in ten weeks, and I was there for two weeks to help out. So I did the easy stuff. Like, Ten weeks like, is pretty good to build an entire house, yeah. isn't it? That's enough <laughs> to make me good. want to live in a tiny house. Yeah. Yes. So I, I did the oiling, the the cedar siding. I my sister and I we painted the internal walls, and I made my own floating sink and floating shelves and my compost toilet. I did it myself. Oh wow! Tell us about that. How does the composting toilet work? <laughs> So, um, so it's just a bucket. Okay. It's uh, it's, it's um, um, I have a book. Well, I I've read this book called he- the Human Your Handbook. Mm-hmm. So it tells you everything about composting, and um, it has like a guide on how to build or make um a loo, a toilet. So it's just a, I I bought a a twenty liter bucket from Bunnings, um, and I bought a toilet seat. Um, and I had um, plies that I constructed to a box and put a, um, a hole where I, I put the toilet seat and the bucket would be inside that. And I just fill it with cover materials like a sawdust, a used coffee grounds. So it's like a, it's like a, a good old-fashioned drop, drop dunny. Yes, well, like a festival toilet is what I'm thinking oh, of. Yeah, it's yeah. like family being at a festival. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, so, yeah. And, uh, and you... Um, Having a compost toilet, I was able to save like 30,000 liters of water every year. Wow. So was yeah. sustainability something that you went into this really wanting? Were you very interested in sustainable yes. living? Yeah. That's why a tiny house living um, made sense to me because I'll, I want um, um, sustainable, eco-friendly and simple lifestyle. Yeah. That must be a big part of it. And also, um, I just wanted to step back and talk about, you mentioned not wanting to buy a block of land and you liked the idea of it being on wheels. Is that is the aspect, the freedom aspect of it yes. really enticing yes. for you? I, I think the non-permanency of it like appeals so much to me. Yeah. So maybe I, I, I was a turtle in my previous life. <laughs> <laughs> That's great. I want to bring my home with me. Yeah. So you've set up your tiny house on a friend's block of land. Whereabouts is it? It's uh, it's part of Macedon Ranges. Yeah. yeah. So it's a beautiful area yes. in Victoria. Yeah. You must love it. Yes. It's it's actually an organic farm. Yeah. Beautiful. So it's really it's beautiful. I can see the lake and the hills and the Macedon Ranges and the sunsets over there. So it's really beautiful. And do you move around much? Uh, what do you mean? Well, I know that the house is on wheels. Oh. Does that mean you can actually move? I've always wondered this. 
Well, not my tiny house. I, I can move it if I want to. Um, but it's too heavy, so it's not meant for traveling. Like okay, because uh, yeah. I was sort of imagining maybe it's like a like a caravan, like, like a beautiful a caravan. caravan that <laughs> yeah. you can move around whenever you want. But it's not. You can put no. it on a truck if you want. No, to move no. It. I, I, it, it can be towed by a truck, but I don't have to put it on a truck. Oh. It can be towed. It's got wheels. Right. So right. yeah. So and the, and the reason why I built it that. Uh, big, it's seven point two meters long, and it it weighs like four point five ton, ton. So, um, because I want to live there semi permanently, not for traveling, but just to live some to live someplace. And if I'm, I want to move somewhere else, then I can, tow it somewhere else. You have the option. Yeah, I keep have your the options option. open. Yeah, Rose and I were talking about earlier that tiny house living you really have to get rid of a lot of stuff so you can't you know you can't take a full house worth of stuff into a tiny house what did you have to give up yeah well that's a misconception yeah that um you have to get rid of all your stuff to live in a tiny house but it's really uh, you don't really need to um, get rid of all stuff but you really have to downsize yeah and uh, and also that's the hardest part is downsizing um, I used to have like 300 clothes and I know they're 300 because I have 300 clothes hangers and when I had to sort my stuff that's a big wardrobe yeah, Dolly because I used to rent a two-bedroom house and one bedroom is a spare bedroom because I live alone and that spare bedroom I used to to hang my clothes so that whole bedroom is just like my my wardrobe space so you really you you really had to cull then before you moved how did you do it did you sell your clothes did you give them away well um well i sell some i gave the ones that's really nice um i sell them and then some i gave away to to charity and some i gave to friends the ones that my favorite ones which i couldn't wear anymore i gave them to my friends oh that's nice that must have been a nice feeling your friends must have loved you (laughs) Yeah, but it was a gradual process. Yeah, it you can't do that overnight. And um, during that time, that was six years ago when I started doing that um, downsizing, uh, there was no, oh, at least I, I don't know anything about Marie Kondo. <laughs> so <laughs> no one's going to help me to, to like, uh, how do you declutter and get rid of your stuff? So I did it the way I, I, I felt like doing it. So it's a gradual process. It took me like four years to really, from 300 clothes to just like 20 to 30. And I just love the visual of the 300 hangers. I think that's amazing to to really think about your stuff in that way. Absolutely. And I mean, it's interesting that you say it's a misconception that you have to give up so many things. Can you take us on a bit of a tour of the house itself? Mm-hmm. You've got a kitchen, don't you? You have a bathroom, you have a bed. How does it all work and where does it fit? Yeah, and I also have a walk-in closet. A walk-in wardrobe. <laughs> Dolly. See? So you don't really have to get rid of all your stuff. Yeah. It just it, it just should be, should be enough that you can fit some of the things you have. Like from 300 clothes, I have now have 30 um, clothes. And that, that that's, the, the shirts and all those uh, uh, small stuff, they don't count. But the, the ones I hang, the there's like 30 there. Uh, but I have a walk-in wardrobe where I can put all of these things there. And the walk-in wardrobe is also a laundry room. So I have wow. a washer there. Very clever. Yeah. So you have a washing machine. Yes, I do. And you're hooked up to electricity, aren't you? Yes, I'm hooked up um, electricity and also to a rainwater tank. Okay. Yeah. But if I want to go um, 
solar system ready, then I could do that because the, the wiring's designed to be solar system ready. And is that something you think you will do in the future? Yes, yeah. I, hopefully when I move somewhere where there's no um, a means where I can connect to, then I can just use solar panels. Yeah. Fantastic. For energy, yes. And so you moved from Melbourne, the big city, to a friend's block of land. Mm-hmm. How was that change for you? Were there things that you missed about the city when you first moved out there? Um, well, not really, because I live in the city for three years and I've done everything I could. I always explore. Every weekend I would hop on a train, go somewhere else, explore places. I- I'm really active and I just go places, um, explore um, different things and so I think I had enough so when I moved to to the rural area then I like the change where you can just see animals and birds and um, all nature and it's so stress-free and I, I uh, sleep at night gazing at the moon and the stars on my skylight window oh, and then I fall beautiful. asleep and the, really when nice. the moon is shining then the, sh- the the moonlight shines on my face so it's Dolly, that's just quite dreamy. the image <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> that's fabulous you're listening to somewhere else the podcast about people living in weird and wonderful ways what I kind of imagine and I don't know if this is true or not but when you know, in a house, it takes a little while for mess and clutter to build up. But in a tiny house, I mean, does leaving three things out and you feel like your house, you know, your house is messy and cluttered? Um, it could be. <laughs> I get the feeling that Dolly's pretty neat that she doesn't leave things out. Yes. Instagram looks very, everything looks very neat yes. and tidy. Yeah, I, 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 uh, before I take a photo, I really don't have to like remove stuff. Because that's how it is, uh, and the and the trick there is before you even move to, in, to your tiny house, you have to make sure that you don't have any clutter. You only um, have what truly really makes you happy, borrowing from Marie Kondo again, uh, <laughs> and also um, useful and functional. Okay, and and it's so easy once it's it's clutter free, it's so easy just to keep it that way. So if you take away some things, and then after using it, you just put it back. And what about, because I've, I've seen on your Instagram that you have visitors sometimes. Yeah. How does it feel when someone comes into your space? Because I imagine it feels even more intimate than a normal house because it's a mm-hmm. smaller space. Yeah. Do you worry about them making a mess or moving things around or dragging their muddy shoes in? No, <laughs> I have a no shoes please um, sign mm, no outside the door. That's a good idea. <laughs> yeah, so no shoes. Because it's in a farm as well and oh, there's... Yeah, um, everywhere. We can imagine. Um, yeah. <laughs> so you really have to take your shoes off. But once inside, they're like mesmerized and they wouldn't dare to like make a mess. Yeah, I suppose yeah. they want to respect yeah. the space yeah. more than a normal house. Yeah. Yeah, they, and do you yeah. cook for them? And do you have, how many bowls do you have? How many how many <laughs> pots or pans or? Yeah, Um. well, I I only keep the bowls that and or plates that I made um, but I also keep those that I bought from ceramic artists so all the other 
um, kitchen stuff um, I accumulated over the years that I just gave them away. So I only kept those things that that's, uh, that are really dear to me. So if maybe I can um, have six guests and we're still going to be okay. Oh, wow. I was imagining like one or two. and, and you, so, but, so you've got a, a table that can seat six people inside. Yeah, I have um, an IKEA table. <laughs> it's um oh, does it... full, the the um, drop leaf table so it can fold oh out. so you can extend it yeah it can extend Fantastic. so i can have a buffet oh yeah. love a bit of ikea so, i think yeah, i think that the, the maximum of resources i had uh six six people yeah wow. so maybe someday because i've never had like um a proper housewarming and now that i have a deck so maybe I can uh, ask, invite more oh, people wow, and friends. A... And yeah, we'll see what happens. And you've got a yeah. deck. That's fabulous. Yeah, so you really can entertain. Yeah, yeah although it's it's um, going to winter now, so I'm not really sure how the deck's going to be useful. But come summer, then it's going to be really used. Speaking of winter, how do yeah. you keep warm? I just have a small oil heater. Yeah, and it's enough to heat the area where I'm at. Um, if I need to sleep, I just um, use a water bottle, yeah, and just put it under my feet, and I'm fine with that. Do you yeah. ever feel lonely? Actually, no. A lot of people ask me, "Aren't you? Don't you get lonely?" And there's a difference between being lonely and being alone. I'm alone, but not lonely. Yeah, and I have a friends wanting to come over. Uh, sometimes I say yes. But sometimes I really want just to be alone and do stuff that I like doing. Yeah, because I I do crafts. Yeah, I'm, I'm always busy. I'm always, always something I need to do. I have plants. So I repot my plants. I make plant covers and all that stuff. So there's nothing, uh, there's not a day where I'm not doing something. And I don't have a television because I don't need to watch television. I have so much to do. So no Netflix for you. I do. I do. Okay, I have a computer. I have a computer, and I would watch Netflix um, sometimes, but not all the time. It does seem that people have taken a real interest in you. I know that your Instagram has grown hugely over the last few years, and you've been featured on a few websites. Do you find that a lot of people write to you and say they want to do the same thing or ask advice? Yes, I I get that. Um um, message from people and either they're asking oh I want to have a tiny house like yours what do I do where do I start and some just um, write me and just thank me like oh thank you for inspiring me to have this dream so and it was so heartwarming yeah and you um, mentioned before that people even sometimes want to come and visit you and say hi what's that like a bit scary and it feels strange like, yeah, um, I'm a very private person. Um, even my friends who who want to come and visit me, um, I would just feel like, do I want to entertain people or do I want to do some other stuff? Or um, so it's so, so it when someone who I don't know. Um, message me and they want to come so I, I don't know how to to reply to that I think you can probably pretty politely just say no I don't yeah. think people can no, expect thanks. to come visit you yeah exactly do you think people find it very hard to imagine why someone would want to live in a tiny house are we all sort of stuck in our ways wanting to live in in big houses 
do you think people find it hard to imagine doing what you did? Well, not now because of YouTube and all this uh, social media and where they can see a lot of tiny houses being built. I think um, people are catching up. So um, there's so much out there. Like uh, for, for, I have a YouTube uh, video tour and it's got 4.5 million views wow. and I have 160,000 likes. Yeah, so you can see how much people are really getting into this tiny house lifestyle. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. But also, although you you still get those who are like, ooh, non-flushing toilet, ooh. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, I think the I think when it comes to bathrooms and toilets, that's yeah. probably where people get the most squeamish, yeah. isn't it? Yeah. Um, but, yeah. What is the hardest part about it? Is there anything that's you know sticks out as is a difficult part? Mm-hmm. Well. First is really downsizing. Yeah, you really have to downsize um, beyond your comfort zone. Um, but once you you get over that, I think the second hardest part would be inviting people over. Like for my tiny house, I can only have two people to sleep over. Um, yeah, beyond that, no, I cannot entertain them. Yeah. So and, and my mother and um, my aunt and my uncle they're visiting me. Um, soon, and I really can't accommodate them in my tiny house because it's um, too small it's for like four of us, <laughs> and also because they're uh, they can't really go up the the stairs to the loft and that. So I had to um, rent another place somewhere close to. Um, where the tiny house is. I'm sure they understand, though, that they yeah. might not fit, knowing how small it. How do people go actually if they're very tall? Because I know you're not uh-huh. hugely tall, Dolly. Yes, I'm four eleven. Okay, yeah. yeah. People <laughs> ask me that a lot. Yeah, I'm four eleven. What happens if someone is six foot five and they want to come into your house? Can they fit? Well, uh, Bryce Langston, the one who interviewed me uh, for yeah for the video tour, he's six four. Oh wow! And, and how did he go? He could he could uh, stand on my on the main floor, but he had to kneel when he had to enter my walk-in wardrobe. <laughs> <laughs> so my tiny house is built for a 6'4 person. Okay. Yeah. Um, yeah, It's just the walk-in wardrobe that they can't really um, stand. And you seem to love it, Dolly. Do you think you could ever live in a normal house again, again? or is this it for you? Oh, this is. I think this is it for me. Uh, I designed it so that this is going to be for good. Uh, when I retire... I'm going to. I'm going back to New Zealand where I I, I live for nine years. I'm going back there and maybe I put the tiny house um, by the lake in Wanaka. So that's what I'm envisioning. It oh, to that be. sounds beautiful, mm. Wanaka. Yes, yeah. it does. And Dolly, what advice would you give to other people that are maybe thinking of hearing this and thinking, oh, that's something I'd like to do? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, my advice is. Um, <sighs> Tiny house living is not always a bed of roses. Uh, there's a learning curve, and they have to. They should be prepared to answer some questions, um, like, "Are you comfortable with having less material possessions? Uh, how are you going to safely manage your waste? Um, is conserving energy your thing?" Um, so they have to think about those things uh, before they jump into the tiny house living bandwagon. Do you think it would work with children? Do you think you could raise children in a tiny house? Yeah, it all depends on the design. Um, and I've seen, there's so many IG accounts there where 
um, their families of five living in a tiny house. So it wow. can work. It can work. Five people in a tiny yes. house. <laughs> I wanted to ask you, Dolly. Mm-hmm. I saw on your website that your indoor plants yeah. aren't just for looks. Oh, what do you mean? They, you wrote that they they help clean the air. Oh yes, yeah. Well, I started having plants when um, I had this. It was it was summer, my first summer in the tiny house, and I I could hear cracks. And when I asked my builder, I thought it was a structural defect, and I asked my builder, "Why are my my steps cracking? The hardwoods were cracking; they're like splitting apart." And it's because he said uh, because it's um um. It lacks moisture. It's winter and doesn't have moisture. You should have plants in their plants inside because they will um, they will add moisture to the air. Wow, yeah. that's so incredible. that's how it got me started. So I did that. I, I added some plants and then I I, I googled about uh, how to uh, maintain indoor plants and I found out oh it even purifies the air. So I put one in my bathroom. Actually, well, they look beautiful. Little, I've yeah. seen them on the Instagram. <laughs> yeah, yeah and then now there's so many plants and I love all my plants. I, I want. I can't have pets, but I, I'll have more plants. Dolly, what do you think tiny house living has taught you? How has it changed you as a person? Oh, tiny house living has taught me to be more mindful of my impact on the environment because I live in this beautiful place uh, where animals graze the land freely, where fruit trees grow, and my gray water, it is used to water the the plants, it goes back to the soil, and I have to be careful that I will not harm them. So I have to use um, gray water safe and natural products, and I just have to think about these things that's going to have an impact to my surroundings. Um, I minimize my use of plastic by using compostable and reusable materials. And and with my compostable toilet, I save 30,000 liters of water a year. So um, I'm not 100% there, but I'm trying to live sustainably and responsibly in a tiny house on wheels. Dolly, thanks so much for coming yeah, in and Dolly, talking to was, us. Yeah, that was wonderful, Dolly. Well, thank it's you. my pleasure to be here talking with the two of you. Um, and Dolly, where can people follow you if they want to see more about what you're doing? Yeah, um, if they need inspiration, just go to my Instagram account. It's Tiny Miss Dolly on Wheels. Fantastic. Thank you so much. This has been Somewhere Else, a podcast by Domain. Please remember to subscribe, rate and review us on iTunes. And tell your mum, send us to a friend. It's how we get the word out. We'll chat to you soon, somewhere else.